Good morning, church. Great to be with you. Um, I want to start by just saying we are in arguably one of the most important sermon series of the year. And uh, today we're looking at the topic of meditating on the Word of God. You know, God wants to take you from, from discipline of doing it because you just have to, from discipline to delight. He wants to take you from information to revelation. He wants it to go from, from your head all the way through to your heart. And as we meditate on the Word of God, something happens. We become fruitful. We become durable. We become resilient. And we prosper. And that's what we're going to look at today. Now, before we do, I just want to introduce myself. Some of you don't know me, or some of you have forgot who I am. But uh, that's my beautiful family, and I just want to say thank you. We've been, we were given the gift of a sabbatical, and it was two and a half months of just being able to rest and press into God, and, and just so thankful to this house and the leaders of this house for that. Also to say that our sabbatical was the best of times and the worst of times, in that Nicola had an operation as we started, a prosthetic disc and... Uh, she got into a lot of pain and a lot of difficulties, and uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to so many of you who brought meals and sent messages and just reached out, and, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about the, the heart journey of it, but just so thankful to so many of you who, who stepped up and loved us. I also want to honor some very special people, and this was the pe- these were all the people who came to our Making Disciples course yesterday. And uh, the Word of God says, he who wins souls is wise. And in Daniel chapter 12, those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. You know, it's not pass one, pass all when it comes to rewards in heaven. It's not. Okay, Jesus pays the price for our sins. But beyond that, there's rewards for, have we been faithful in stewarding what we've got? And I just want to honor all those, they look kind of crazy, all those kind of crazy people who have invested in in learning how to swing the sword well for the kingdom of God. Now, last week, uh, Pastor Saviwe spoke, and uh, any preacher who preaches after Saviwe says, Lord, help me, because it was such an incredible word. And I want to give a recap of two slides, and this is the first one, which I just love this. When I read God's word, it brings me joy. When I study God's word, it keeps me from shame. When I memorize God's word, it purifies my heart. When I quote God's word, it defeats my enemies. When I meditate on God's word, it brings success. And when I abide in God's word, it gives me confidence. Father, I thank you today for your word. I pray that you would say that. I pray that the word of God would be richly in you. I pray that when the pressure comes upon you, what pops out, what squeezes out is the word of God. And not something else, not some swear word or some whatever, but that the word of God comes out of you. And so we just spoke from such a powerful scripture, which we asked you to memorize. And if you haven't memorized, take a quick photograph of it. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And he spoke about how scripture is God-breathed, all scripture is from God, all scripture is useful for life, and all scripture equips us. For purpose. So if you missed out, please get the podcast. It's for free. 
We are now going to go to the Word of God. And I'm going to ask just as a sign of saying, Lord, I receive that you stand up as I read. Blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. This is God's word. Thank you. Maybe may be This is Psalm 1. This is the first psalm. This is the premier psalm. This is the psalm that defines the rest of the psalms. And it's what is described as a wisdom psalm. And the context of the first line is it's exclamatory. It's saying, blessed, happy, fully satisfied is the man. And you know what? That is the will of God for your life, that you be blessed, that you be fully satisfied, whether you're going through hard times or good times, but that you be fully satisfied. This is the will of God for you. Blessed is the one. And it then lays out... It juxtaposes two great parts because there's the blessed is the man who you get to choose. You get to choose who you want to be. Do you want to be the, the man, that woman who's blessed? Or do you want to be that person who goes on the other path? I'm reminded of Deuteronomy 30 where Moses lays before the people and he says, I set before you life and death. But choose life that you may live. God doesn't have favorites. But he puts before us a path in saying, do you want to choose life or not? Do you want to be blessed or not? The very word blessed in this context is from a root word, ashar, which means to go straight, to go forward, to advance, to make progress. To go up. Now understand this. The essence of what they're saying is that blessing is intertwined, inextricably intertwined with doing it the right way. In other words, doing it yourself, doing it the sideways way, the way of corruption, a little bit of God and a little bit of yourself, a little bit of right and a little bit of wrong, that is not blessed. And you just have to look at Hollywood just to see the distraction of people's lives who try to do things in a different way. The very nature of being truly satisfied, being truly blessed, of having a truly fulfilled life, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're in business or not, whatever, is to do it the right way, to do it God's way. And that's the very essence, that's the root word of this word blessed. And he juxtaposes the path of the wicked. And he says, bless the man who walks not in the counts of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Now, before we had fake news and before we had old facts, we had Satan, the father of lies, right? who has always been telling us that you can take the other path and it won't really affect you. I believe God has a gift of repentance for Christians today. 
is a gift of repentance, that there are some of you and you've given your heart to the Lord, but where you are is that you are walking or standing or sitting in places that you shouldn't be. And God is calling you saying, don't stay in this place of, of miserableness, of compromise, of heading for destruction. There's a gift of repentance for Christians who've been drinking the wrong Kool-Aid. Now, I want you to see this path of degeneration. Walking is about doing things in the same way that the world does. And some of you are, in some of your practices, you're doing things the way the world does. Standing is a bit worse. I stand with you. I agree with you. Here you're starting to actually think the way the world does. And maybe it's in the area of your sexuality. Maybe it's in the area of, of business. I don't know. But now you're starting to actually agree. And sitting is now like we are them. <laughs> All right? You have settled down and you've, you've become them. I want to say again, there's a gift of repentance for those of you as Christians who've been in this place of compromise. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on this moment. I'm saying, no longer will I do this. I put before you, and I'm not anti-news, I I'm, love reading current affairs, but is this going to shape your view of the world? Is this going to shape your view of whether you can live at peace or not? Is this going to shape your view of who you are and how relationships should be and how business should be? And I'm not anti-Sunday Times and whatever your magazine is or your television or whatever. Or will you allow the Word of God to define and to speak straight into your heart? When our sabbatical started, I faced this very difficult moment where that dark side of me wanted to rise up. I know none of you ever have those moments. The Yiddish word is Yetzirah, it's like your flesh, where it was like, this is not the sabbatical that I'm supposed to be having. I wanted to be traveling, and I wanted to be having fun with Nicola and doing things. And now what lies before me is I need to stand with my wife and love her and be there for her and not do all these things that I'd wanted to do in my sabbatical. Sometimes we face moments where our choices are tough choices. But there's only one good choice to make. And what do you do then? You make sure you don't walk in the council of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But you choose God's path. And I don't always, but I said, Lord, give me grace to do this well. And it was so good for my soul. I laugh more than I've ever laughed I've also been crying more than I've ever cried. <laughs> but God did such a deep work in my soul, such a good work in my soul, by me choosing not to go the way of the flesh, not to go the way of selfishness, but to go the way that God would have me to go, the righteous path. And if you find yourself in a difficult place, the Word of God is clear. Delight in His Word. Meditate in His Word and do what His Word says and not some other path. Now, Understand this, James chapter 4 says, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? 
There is a polarization that we need to recognize. You cannot be both in love with the world and in love with God. He must be your first desire. His presence, his word, God himself needs to be your greatest desire before your own selfish desires of your life. So there, to me, is the greatest dog that I've ever had. The greatest dog for me. Okay? And uh, that's my dog, Jack, no longer with us. Okay? Oh. So uh, let me tell you about Jack. Jack loved me. Jack loved food. Jack loved running. And sadly, Jack loved fighting. Okay? And no matter what I tried to do, and I let him off the lead, go for runs, it just, it just never worked out. You know, I'd always end up with veterinary bills and you know, all kind of things. I mean, Jack could not change. But I want you to understand this. You are not Jack. Okay? You are not a brute beast that is just a, an overflow of inputs of what has happened to you in the past. You are not Jack. Just repeat, I'm not Jack. Okay? You're not just caught by your passions and your desires. But you can choose to do what is right. To do what, what is holy and, and what is righteous. And you know how it starts? By delighting in the law of the Lord. And meditating on his word day and night. Paul writes to, to the Romans, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. A whole lot has come out in neuroscience lately, and I've got a video for us that I want us to play. Um, by a great Christian woman who's also a neuroscientist um, called Dr. Caroline Leaf, and I just want you to listen to this, just two or three minutes. And what it talks about is the choices that we have through meditation, through the Word of God, to be transformed in our innermost being and to become those men and women that God has called us to be. Are we good to go there? It's a great video. There's a book called, um, what's the book called? It'll come to me. Anyway, Caroline Leaf, she's great. And uh, watch this video. Thank you. So every single thing that you hear, everything that comes into your brain through your five senses converts, we think about it, and then we make choices, and it converts into a structural thing in your brain, which is a thought, and they look like trees. We're made in God's image, and He's wired for love, and God is love. So therefore, all our, the process that we go through to build thoughts is all wired in a positive direction, in a, in a healthy direction. But God gave us the choice of free will. So it says, I lay before you life and death. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. But if you choose death, you and your descendants won't live. So if we choose life, good choices, we're going to build those trees. But Sid, if we build, if we make bad choices, we build toxic trees. This is just a visual image that I use to try and demonstrate the fact that we, when we think a bad thought, when we make bad choices, when we hang on to anything that is negative, anger, abuse, irritation, frustration, all the negative side of emotions, that's not just a harmless thing. It is a physical change that occurs in your brain. God designed us with the ability to change our own brains. Mm. So when he says renew our mind, he would give us the ability to do that. So scientifically we found now that these ugly toxic 
trees that we build through bad choices and physical realities occur can be rewired. In order to grow these branches, we have all this input going into our brain, which is like electricity. Then the brain will secrete chemicals and you have this electrical chemical reaction. And when that happens, branches grow. And these branches are all holding the memory that's related and it's all grouped together in that tree. So that's a whole network related to one kind of thought. I can make a decision with my frontal lobe of my brain, the front part of my brain, to say, hey, this is not good for me. And I'm gonna believe that God is who he says he is. If we take Mark 11:22, it talks about have faith in God. When we build our faith in who God is, that He is who He says He is, that we recognize who we are in God, what it means to have a God who's the creator, whatever it is that you build your faith, as you do that, you get excited. I mean, you said to me, if you read the Bible when you go to bed, you can't sleep at night because you get so excited. Right. Now, when you get that excitement rush, and that is evidence for you that you've got a lot of what we call dopamine, a neurotransmitter that flows around this thing and starts melting this tree down. Then God says in 20, verse 23, talk, he talks about speak to the mountain. This is the mountain. So now we speak the word of God at this mountain. The word of God is living and alive. So as we speak the word of God from what we've read from the scriptures, we speak literally, if I may, the green tree, the healthy word of God at this mountain. So we pull on scriptures we know, things that we're reading, whatever it is, and we speak to this mountain covering the neck. As we do that, more chemicals flow, oxytocin, serotonin, and the combination of those three plus a few more literally said melt this thing down. All right, so we're not going new age as a church, just in case you're worried. This is talking about some of the biochemical processes that happen as you renew your mind, as you renew your mind. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And the point is, as we meditate on the Word of God, we are transformed on the inside. Now, what is this meditation? Unlike some of the Eastern faiths which are, you know, let's get to a place of emptiness, meditating on the Word of God means that you come to a place of fullness, that you've memorized the Word of God. And it's a bit like Elijah when he prayed and he he wanted the rain to come. You know, it might just be a spot. It might just be a speck of revelation. And then it became a hand. And then it filled the whole sky. The point is, as you persist in bringing the word of God and praying and thinking about it day and night and saying, how does this apply to me? And God, what are you saying? And, and, and what is the application for my life? Revelation after revelation comes. You know, cows that uh, chew grass the whole day, and then when it comes to you know, the, the heat of the day, they'll go sit under a tree or you know, go into some cool place, and they will chew the cud. They will reprocess again. This is what meditation is. It's thinking again and again. And the Word of God is so multifaceted that you can never get to a place of, I've got it. It applies on so many levels. And really, it's about a fresh perspective or a fresh attitude towards the Word of God and saying, Lord, your word is life. Your word is light. What are you saying to me? And as you do that, it moves from I have to do this to what a joy that I get to read the love letter of God to my heart. It goes just from head knowledge to this is true. I've experienced this. It becomes experientially true. And it becomes revelation, not just information. And the choice is, are you allowing the world and its ways to define you? Or are you allowing the word of God through meditation and through delight to define you? Because otherwise, compromise comes in. 
Otherwise, fear comes in, anxiety, or you allow things in your life to stay that should actually go. Now, what is the consequence? What is the consequence of you having the Word of God in you? You become fruitful. It talks about this tree planted by streams of water. It's just such a beautiful image that yields its fruit in season. And a sign that you are dwelling in the Word of God is that you are fruitful, that you are touching people's lives. Or in the workplace, you're being productive. Wherever you are, that there's a creativity and a fullness. And Jesus said in John 15 verse 8, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And if you find that your life isn't that fruitful, maybe it's because you don't have the Word dwelling richly in you. Because as we dwell in the Word of God, we become fruitful. The second thing that happens, we become durable. We are able to endure the attack of the enemy. Jesus said in John 15, I've told you these things so that in me you have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus speaks his word to his disciples and says, take hold of this, take hold of this truth. In the world, you'll, you'll have trouble, but in me, you will have peace. Take heart, I've overcome the world. And here in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, So when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground and have to having done everything to stand. You know, there are moments of attack. When um, Nicola was sick and Nicola was in the hospital, it was an attack against us. And my choice was, was I going to stand? Was I going to become... Was it going to withstand the attack of the enemy? And thank you, everybody who supported us and your prayers. And above all, thank you to the Lord. But there was also a responsibility on me to withstand, to be durable. And that comes from stewarding our soul by dwelling in the Word of God. And then the last consequence is that you prosper. You prosper by dwelling in the Word of God because you are thinking God's thoughts, a freshness, a creativity, a life, a blessing comes into your soul. Paul writes in 3 John, he said, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper in all things, even as your soul prospers. It is the will of God that not, just, that not just you prosper in your soul, but that you prosper in every area. Now, I want to give you a scripture, and this will be in your connect notes, but if, if you're not in connect, just take a, take a photograph of this. We want this to be our memorization scripture, so take a photograph if you want to. It's not going to be on for long. Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Can we make that our mission this week? To memorize this word, but above all, to make sure that we are eating the word of God. That it becomes a joy and a delight that we are dwelling in the Word of God, that we're not walking according to the counsel of the wicked, we're not drinking that stuff, but above all, we're drinking the Word of God. As I conclude, I want to speak to Christians, and um, some of you have got yourself into some difficult places. Some of you are walking in ways that you shouldn't walk. Some of you have started to actually stand with and think in some worldly ways. And some of you, very few, are actually dwelling. I'm going to ask that we all stand up together. 
if you can relate to the fact that you are aligned in some ways, in ways that you shouldn't be, and you are seeing the consequence of it, and you're saying, Lord, I don't want to be here. I need your grace. I'm going to ask you to do something brave and humble at the same time. Clinical pathologists say that there's this cycle of arrogance leads to deception and leads to resentment. Um, and that results in clinical pathology. And God's way is the other way around. It's humility and it's truth and it's joy. And um, so I'm saying if you as a Christian are here today and, and you can recognize that you are not dwelling in the Word of God, it's not defining you. But what is impacting you more is that you are walking in the ways of the wicked, you're lining, you're doing some of their deeds, then there's a gift of repentance for you. It doesn't mean you're giving your life to Jesus, you've already done that, but you're saying, Lord, this thing, this one thing, I want to bring before you, and no longer do I want to do this. No longer do I want compromise in this area. I don't want to have these thoughts any longer. So if that's you, I want to ask that you come forward. Father, I pray, Lord God, for this gift of repentance right now. Lord, where people are, are walking in ways that they shouldn't walk, where people are thinking thoughts and standing, agreeing with things that they shouldn't agree with, or, or even worse, that they are dwelling, Lord God, they are camping in places that they shouldn't camp. I pray right now, Lord God, for a gift of repentance. Father, I pray for your sons and daughters, for soft hearts, tender hearts to respond to you. Lord God, you love us. Lord God, and you want us to be free, Lord God, from the bondages of sin. And, and as we've begun by following you, Lord God, we don't want to now go backwards and, and become compromised Christians, Lord God. So if that's you today, if there's something in your life, big or small, and the Spirit of God is talking, just come forward. I'm not going to get you to say a speech. You're coming as Christians, but you're coming forward to say, no longer. No longer the way of the world in this particular area. But I'm going to delight in the, in, the, in the law of the Lord. I'm going to meditate on God's word that I would be durable, that I would prosper, that I'd be fruitful. And um, just if there's any leaders here, if you're led, just come and put your hands on these people as we pray. We're going to pray for them. Thank you for this gift of repentance, Lord God. Thank, thank you that you break through into our lives through the foolishness of the preaching of the word, that you speak to our hearts in your love. And Father, we bring our brothers and sisters before you, Father God, and we pray, Lord God, no longer, Lord God, no longer compromising, no longer doing things that they know to be wrong, Lord God, no longer agreeing in their mindset with which that which is ungodly. But from today, Lord God, grace upon grace, to walk as they should walk, to live as they should live, and experiencing your joy, your peace, your life. We pray for this, and we agree on it. And all God's people said, Amen.